This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, so I originally chose a obscure music for a roundtable, but no one got it. But I believe people should get this one. Hopefully, some of our older audience, perhaps, but I'm okay with it. Still, the this week in baseball theme. Welcome in to Tigers Radio Pod here, the roundtable numeral Roman numeral number three. And Chris, what's funny is I've always wanted to do something like that with the Treehouse of Horror Center, the Simpson style, and we mm-hmm. have now we can with this. This is our third one. I am Rogelio Casino beside me. It's Chris Brown, Uper, and a ton of guests that I'll introduce here in a second. But first, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, our Heart Media, and Sister, our YouTube channel at Tiger Miley Report. Great content coming out. We have the Crowder video finally, and Chris and I have been busy, but this is gonna be our last show till the beginning of December, unless Breakfast with Carlos Correa and AJ Hinch leads to something, and we'll get to that a little later. Breakfast and lunch. Yeah. (laughs) So our esteemed guest this evening, I'll start with Dave Llewellyn from Channel 7, who I grew up with watching him and Don Shane, and I forgot the other gentleman's name. Jay, is it Jay Allen? That was, yeah, yeah, watching you guys do sports. And thank you so much for taking the time to come out and join us this evening. Happy to be here to join the party. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and uh, Trevor Huth over from Prospects Live and over at Bless You Boys. Brandon Day will be joining us at some point. Trevor, how's it going? Good. Apparently, Brandon didn't want to show up, my boss, so I got to hold it up for Bless You Boys. And that's just, that's unfortunate for Bless You Boys, let me tell you. <laughs> and yeah, so at some point, Brandon, uh, Lynn couldn't make it this evening, so I appreciate you stepping in, Trevor, and taking the bat and taking a couple of swings. But yeah, a lot to get to this evening as what I wanted to start the conversation with. So I, with everybody here, you have a round table. It's hard to jump it around. So I'm going to be the point guard and I'm just going to distribute the ball accordingly. So stock them alone kind of thing. And what I wanted to go over is start with the whole Eduardo Rodriguez signing. And Dave, I'll start with you getting your impressions on it. This is one of the most significant signings we've seen the Tigers do in a long time. What were your initial thoughts about it? Excitement, really, because uh, he he fills a a need, certainly, for this baseball team. And excited also because it's proving that this club is going to follow through on what Chris Illich uh, claimed, promised, that when the Tigers were at a certain point, he would spend money. So that's a good thing, I think, for Tigers fans and hopefully for the trajectory of this baseball team. And, and look, he's a solid addition and has experience that will be essential for this staff, hopefully, to continue its growth. And one of those things you talk about, speaking of growth, you look at the, the three guys in the system right now, or in the rotation, they're young and manning, Mize in school. And Trevor, I'll get to this question. How important is that to have? Because you look at the minor league system as a whole, and you and I have talked about this numerous times about the depth, and it's getting better on the pitching side, the Bo Briskies in the world, the Garrett Hills. But with Rodriguez signing, does that kind of solidify things for a little while, at least until they can bridge the gap a little bit better with the likes of Ty Madden and, of course, everybody's favorite pick that got a lot of scrutiny, Jackson Job. <laughs> yeah, look at you, you need depth, especially when it comes to pitching, when it comes to arms. Spencer Turnbull is going to be back in this conversation eventually, but people are forgetting about him. He got Tommy John, it seems. So it absolutely helps, especially when you have a bunch of young guys. You bring in a veteran arm like that. 
I absolutely love it. I think the most exciting part for me is Tiger fans rejoiced on a two-year contract for Robbie Grossman. Now we have a five-year contract. That old joke of five years away is looking a lot better right now. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of those rookies, uh, Reese Olsen's another name I just want to throw out there. I think he's going to be uh, really good too, but you definitely need to bridge a gap like that. I think Rodriguez is a good arm to do that. And Uper, I'll get to you, uh, Uper, first before I get to Brandon. Brandon Day joined us from Bless You Boys, so we have uh, two Bless You Boy writers on staff joining us. Uper, what was your initial thoughts? Because we just literally were just talking about it last week, how nice it would be, and you and Chris, spoke, uh, we all spoke into existence, and just, I'm not going to say it, that's very conceited, but anyway, um, what were your thoughts about it initially? We led the Tigers down the path. But actually, <laughs> my first thing is, if you're the point guard and you're Stockton, how short are your shorts? No, you know what? Um, I'm going to go with the 90s version of the shorts. I'm not going with that or even uh, Joe Bear. You know what? Maybe Antonio Joe Bear of Michigan, perhaps. I'll, if anybody That's out good. there gets an obscure Michigan reference, maybe that or, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> good question, Cooper. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good move. When you look at some of the deeper uh, purple stats, you have to feel good that there's a, a really solid chance of a, of a bounce back year. People get a little jacked up about his ERA, and I, I think most of us probably don't hear, but a lot of other people do. He's a good pitcher. He's also been healthy, and that's always a, a really nice thing to have on your resume. Now the question is, do they come back with another pitcher? Because certainly Avila mentioned two earlier this year. And as Dave was saying, it is a good sign that Illich is ready to open up the coffers a little bit. Same thing with the Barnhart move, and that, that added almost $8 million. And that's not a lot of money, but it's some money. So those are good signs because a few years ago, Illich was quoted as saying, oh, I have the fire inside to compete. This is showing a little bit that he, maybe he does, and it wasn't just a bad taco. <laughs> <laughs> but Brandon, yeah, Brandon joins us in right now. I know you you were pretty ecstatic, and just get your thoughts before we – I'm going to go to another question after this, but I know what Mark and Chris – we talked to Cody Steverhagen of The Athletic yesterday, so that's going to be part of the pod that will be inserted in there. Brandon, what were your what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think pretty much all of us were, were pretty pleased with the, the deal overall. You guys have probably you know said most of it. The one thing that I think is particularly interesting is that he is another like big scheme shifted weight guy. I was all all on the uh, bandwagon with all that last last off season. So he's another one of those guys who doesn't give up home runs. Um, you're taking him out of the AL or the yeah the AL East, moving him into a lot bigger ballpark in an easier division to pitch in even if we just leave eduardo himself alone just moving him into the new context should be um, pretty good for him obviously he's got the ties to juan nievis so he's got some comfort level going there and i'm sure um, chris better will have a bunch for him and yeah it's just really nice to see the tigers make a commitment like this because if you're going to make this commitment you're probably going to have to make more it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to sign eduardo rodriguez and then end up with nico goodrum at the shortstop and just adding some little bat somewhere so yeah it's also a sign i think to the fan base that chris illich is going to be to some extent true to his word and now that the team is trending on the upswing he's going to start investing in it and we'll just see how far that goes yeah, and, and so speaking of how far it would go, today, I'll, I'll get start with you, Dave, on this. The, the infamous breakfast with Carlos Correa and A.J. Hinch in California and Tiger's Twitter, which is always it's always amazing to me. What Would this have been something newsworthy 20 years ago? I don't know. But it's just the whole – just because social media sometimes makes that little the headline. But it, do you just take it as two people just having breakfast or, or there's smoke? Where well, there's smoke, there's fire. Start with me. Oh no, Dave. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, 
look, they've got a relationship, right? So right. even if it's nothing more than two friends catching up at the end of the baseball season, good on them. Uh, I got to believe that A.J. Hinch is saying, hey, come along. You're a free agent, need a new home. Our owner now willing to spend. We've got a team. Is Detroit a desired destination for Carlos Carrera? I don't know. Are the Tigers willing to go 10 years and 300 or 320 million dollars? That's a lot different than 77 million that they're given Rodriguez. But clearly this team needs to find a shortstop. So whether it's Correa or Seeger or Simeon or, or one of these guys, right? Don't they need to come away from this period and this winter with an answer at shortstop? And clearly, Correa's at the top of that list, right? Yeah, and, and that's a great point bring up, Dave. They have to, I think, we got, Cody asked us this question yesterday about whether it would be successful offseason without a shortstop. They've done made progress. They've got Tucker Bernhardt and Rodriguez, but I think if you don't come away with a shortstop that well, for a team that was minus 17 in defensive run save last year, then I think you just you start with the same scenario of Castro. And, and they, I would think it would be a failure. But, Mark, I know this is, again, this is one of those things probably 20 years ago where you're asking yourself, is this really a news story? But, yeah, I, I personally, I, I like Simeon myself. But if, if they get Korea, because I'm, I'm just cynical by nature. But, I don't know, Mark, what, do you, what did you think of this story th- today? I loved it. If he wanted to catch up about what was up and ask him how soon his wife was going to deliver a baby and how his season go, he could have called him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. He point. was asking him to be the godfather. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I have two comments about this. One, I'm sure that the nature of the discussion between two guys who know each other really well, considering that Carlos Correa broke in under A.J. Hinch, was how much money you want? What's it going to take to get a deal done? How can we structure it? Are you serious about it? And are you willing to come here? The fact that they ended up there for four hours or more, obviously the answer was, sure, I'm serious about it. I'm willing to come there. Here's the terms and conditions. And what's it going to look like if I get there? How much help you going to What's going to be around me if I decide to come and how soon is there going to be help? Talk to me about it. You've seen it. I haven't. Okay. Because remember, two of their best players haven't set foot in the major leagues yet. And he only knows them by reputation. And Hinch knows them a little better than that. And I'm sure those are the kind of things that were being discussed because he's not coming here just to get paid he can go get paid a lot of places nicer than this okay so yeah i was pretty damn encouraged that they're having this discussion and they're having it now because i think there's a sense of urgency to try to get this done before december 1st because guys look december 1st the doors close and you don't know when the doors are opening again they might not open till February 26th, okay? And then it's going to be a free-for-all. So they might not open again until April 14th. We don't know. So there's a lot of really nasty things that need to be negotiated between these two parties. And one party has been taking the other party's lunch money for 
a couple of different collective bargaining agreements. So there's some urgent there's some urgency to get this deal done soon. And the fact that they were there for a pretty long time, I there are places the, you can um, you can eat lunch where people can't take your take your picture that easily. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to keep it on the yeah. download. They weren't uh, they weren't trying very hard. But, yeah, and not like, to mention, you, you get in that four-hour category of a restaurant. That's when the wait, waiter or waitress stops stopping by and give you that refill of water because by hour two, they're done. <laughs> because they know full, they're, either the shift's over or they're like, oh, these guys are going to be here for a while. Mm-hmm. I'll let them be. That's that, that, that weird – I've been in a diner when I was younger, three or four hours talking to my friends and just BSing. That looked like – it could be anything, but it was just – it was really weird to see that too because all of a sudden – Carlos Moran and A.J. Hinch, though, you just think like – the tip is going to be good. You guys take all the time you need. They're checking out their jewelry. Or the, the internet sleuths have, we would put a story together today on Motor City Bengals that Danielle was able to trace his Instagram that he was following Badu and, and Candelario and Miguel. And I thought, that, to me, that's the thing I'm saying. Like, I'm showing my Asian. I'm like, wait, that's, and then I'm like, thought about it. I'm like, okay, does that mean anything? And it's like they're putting together like a, a mystery here. But I'm I will deep. say, Go ahead, Chris. I, just so I can interject, it feels very much like this is, is almost like a college football recruitment. Like, they're bringing in everybody. I feel like the other players involved. And and I don't think this was the first meeting between Correa and people from the Tigers either. So I think, like, they're being very public with making him a priority. And I think that's unusual uh, for the Tigers, but also uh, fun for fans because it, it seems like there's a lot of smoke here. Who knows if he'll pick the Tigers, but the Tigers are certainly making it known that they want him. I'll, I'll bring up two encouraging things. How many teams you really think in the Carlos Correa sweepstakes? And I want you to understand as much as I think the Dodgers are in the sweepstakes, they already are paying one guy $33 million to play right field. How many $33 million guys you want to have? Okay. They so, also have an elite shortstop already, too. Yeah, we talked about this last night. He's pretty elite. He was pretty terrible in the playoffs, and it wasn't the first time. And he, he you got to make a decision whether you want to keep him or not. Okay? I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> the other really interesting thing, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, but it you should take it pretty serious. You want to know what life in Detroit is? Call up your friend Justin Verlander and ask him. He, I'm sure he's Justin pretty damn well. And I'm sure Justin could give him a pretty good idea what it is to spend time and mm-hmm. live in Detroit. Who, who yep, better to talking ex- about Birmingham schools and stuff? Yeah. I don't think his kids are going to school for four or five years. This one's just going to pop out here. But it's a long term yeah, deal, though. It <laughs> is. You guys have been over to the backyard over it over at my house, and it's not a terrible part of town. Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of good places and a lot of good things to do. Between between April and November in Detroit, so um, the only thing I'll say to that though is that now that Verlander's back in Houston, I imagine if he's talking to him, it's about bringing him back to Houston. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it, but I just don't see Jim Crane giving him three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. I just I just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, it's not, I don't really it's not in his that necessarily either. Yeah, yeah, and this. The situation involved in that too, because I think the Yankees have talked about it too. It's this is where this is the part of the free agency I don't like. It's all this kind of cliche talk. At least they're not speaking like riddles like Scott Boris has been. But uh, you got to look at that. So the the top third question I want to ask, and I'll start with Dave again, is: Do the Tigers need an outfielder to 
for for Atil Baldu, Bobby Grossman. They they seem like they're set, but I I still think they need another left-handed stick, a little bit of power. Dave, what are your thoughts about the outfield? And the outfield did a really good job this year, despite everything that's been kind of thrown at them. But do you think they need another bat in the outfield? Well, yeah, I think that would be ideal. But then how quick does green come? And what does the farm and at what point do you force feed? Do you, do you let them continue to nurture, do you make them prove himself at that? I, I guess that's part of the equation. But yes, more is better. And I'd love to have another left-hand bat in that lineup. Chris, what about you? You and Youper and I have talked about this numerous times, but there's it seems like there's been reports now that they're interested in outf- to add an outfielder. I, I keep saying it. They were a 77-win team. There's areas to improve all across the field. If they can, if there's somebody out there that they like that they think is an upgrade, they should target them. I don't care what position it is. I do think Grossman was solid, but he's only signed for another year. I don't know if they're going to extend him that long. And you do have Green coming up, but beyond that, it's a, a small army of. You got Badu. We don't really know for sure what Badu is. He was super exciting this year. You got Badu, Hill, Cameron, guys you're not super convinced about. So if you can bring somebody else in who, who is going to be an upgrade, I'm all for it. Nick Plummer. Uh, so I don't know if be, I, I'm sorry. Did someone say Nick Plummer? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll start with you, Brandy, before I get to Trevor and then Youper. You're in agreement with us about this. I think we talked about this before. As far as like need, that's what it comes down to. The Tigers don't need an outfielder um, necessarily. Uh, it'd be, it would be nice. Um, it'd be nice to add another left-handed bat, um, like Dave said. And frankly, the outfield defense wasn't very good. You know, the, the team needs a defensive upgrade kind of all over. The whole, you know, kind of the whole theory behind Chris Better is not just striking people out, but pitching to the defense and having having those things coordinated really well. You just got another guy who gets a lot of ground balls in Eduardo Rodriguez, but that's still a lot of territory out in center field. And if you have enough bat at the corners, I'm okay putting Derek Hill and and hoping that Akil Badu improves defensively out there. I still think there's a fairly good chance that Badu will get better defensively. He has some problems route running. Didn't necessarily read balls that well off the bat, but we talked about how long he was off and away from the game as far as hitting. But he didn't have very much you know, experience playing center field in, in real pro games and tracking balls like that. And he's playing in one of the biggest parks in baseball now. There's reason to think he'll get better out there. He is obviously fast enough to play a really good center field. So, yeah, to me, it's a little bit of a luxury at this point. But that kind of goes to philosophically, do you think the Tigers should do everything they need to do this offseason? Or do you leave yourself you know, some room to maneuver at the trade deadline? And after you see what you got with Green and Torkelson this year. I'm just a little wary of going too hard in terms of either payroll or starting to trade prospects right yet. We've seen the Padres go absolutely ham to try to win a World Series the past two years, and they've chewed up their farm system. They haven't done anything at the in terms of the postseason. So you can get yourself behind the eight ball really quick from a situation that looked fantastic two seasons ago. Not that the Padres are doomed or anything, but you have to be careful about pushing in too hard, too fast. You got to take your time, see what else might be required. And once the CBA is decided, I do imagine there's just going to be a flurry of average veterans signing cheap deals as quickly as possible to know where they're going to go um, so they can get their life in order. At that point, I'm, I'm looking through the bargain bin as far as an outfielder goes is what I would uh, break it down to. Trevor, what about you? 
I think the Tigers should sign Nick Plummer. I agree with you. On that too. <laughs> he's a left-handed bat. He can play all. He's good at defense. He can play all three outfield positions. No, but I in the pride I, of brother Rice. Yeah, exactly. He's a local kid. I, I'm with Chris. I, I think that if there's talent out there, sign it. The pieces will fit. There's lots of room for it. Obviously, you want to look at the farm system. Shortstop has no answer. There is some answer in the outfield. But my worry for the Tigers outfield right now is that you have Robbie Grossman and then maybe potentially just a bunch of number four type outfielders. Badu's second half of the year scares me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what to expect from him offensively. None of us do, obviously. But his his walks went down. His strikeouts, I think, went down too. It seemed like he was just being more aggressive. It wasn't paying as many dividends. So I just worry that you're going to not have a decent enough outfield. You're just going to be rotating through guys who are number four types. Same thing in the rotation. Maybe I just depth is good. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you want to be a good team, you need depth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. And Uper, I know you're going to say Sterling Marte, but it was there anybody else that stood out to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as well. <laughs> if possible. I, I always think money is best spent at the top of the market. And he's the best outfielder out there. And if you're going to add an outfielder, go get the best one. And I know that's not always feasible, but really it probably depends on what they do at shortstop. And if they don't come through on Correa and they end up signing, for instance, Chris Taylor or uh, Trevor Story for less money, maybe they can allocate to the outfield. I don't think it's a very good outfield right now. I think you have Riley Green and a bunch of guys. I'm less excited about Robbie Grossman than a lot of people. It was his career year and it was a fine enough season, but it was career year at 32. What's he going to do going forward? I, I, I count on very little. He's basically a fourth outfielder on a good team to me. But what it really boils down to is, do they plan to contend in 2022? If they do, I think they absolutely have to upgrade in the outfield. If they feel it's more important to get things ready for 23 and beyond and get their shortstop in place for the long-term future, then I can see them passing on the outfield and, and living with the crew they've assembled right now. Yeah, I think the outfield is going to be another, perhaps another patchwork job, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just I look at Chris and I went to a lot of games this year, and we've talked about this, and Trevor, same thing. They don't really have a lot of minor league outfield depth right now, too. If there's nothing beyond, I would say, I venture to say double A in West Michigan, where you see West Michigan had a couple guys who they could go back and forth with, but outside of John or Brian Packard had some back issues, and we were, we thought he was going to play first, and he ended up playing in the outfield. Austin Burr was a good story, but again, not a lot of power, and I but he can hit really well. But again, we don't know, so it is a slight drop off. So I think if the Tigers can address it with another veteran to plug it in until some of their outfield talent and system comes through. And speaking of roster crunch, tomorrow is the deadline for the forty-man roster, and I'm going to give I'm going to give everybody one person that they think they won't. That we'll be able to see in the Tigers uniform next year. And I'll start with you, Brandon. Ooh. I know I'm putting you on a spot there. It's a tough question. And again, this is a question because they, they have to make some tough decisions tomorrow. Boy, I'm trying to think if there's any, there's really anybody <laughs> that I really either think will or, or will be in a Tigers uniform next year. I could probably do this better in reverse looking through the list, but I got nothing at the moment. Give it to... Uh, okay. Pass I'll, along. <laughs> I'll pass it along. Okay, I'll, I'll pass it along to Chris. Do you got one okay, in mind? So, so what, you mean somebody who's not currently on the 40-man, or... Like, yeah, they have to make a decision on. They have to make a decision. Oh. Or, or, or who is on the roster... Or cut somebody from the 40. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I do think, where Bengo said, I, Nico, I think I do think they're going to part ways with Nico. I don't know if they're going to do it right away. 
I would say that it's likely that Grayson Griner is going to be cut from the 40-man. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, this is not going out on a limb, but we're going to see Joey Wentz at some point next year, I think. One of the things, uh, I was just writing a piece right now, that the average MLB team used 14 starters this year for at least one start. So we're looking at the Tigers as like, we have five or six starters right now that, that we know of. So they're going to bring up some guys from the minors. Whoever's on the 40-man is going to get a shot. All right. And uh, Dave, what about you? I, I would say Nico probably, especially if they address the, the hole at shortstop. And whether it's him or somebody else, I got to believe, given rule five and things like that, don't you want to have some room, some flexibility to be able to make a move going forward if there's somebody out there? So whether it's him or, or somebody, I think you want to at least give yourself that flexibility. Okay. Uh, Trevor, what about you? People I think might get cut. Clearly Tucker Barnhart. <laughs> no, I, I think everybody hit the nail on the head with, with a few of these names. So I don't know if I have anybody else really to add. Protected, maybe I have an idea, but cut, not really anything. All right. Uh, you know, about... know, I mean, there's the final question, which is the, the Matt Boyd question. <laughs> so yes. there you go. Well, yeah, that's all. I'm gonna, that was going to be the next guys, question. I, yeah, I was, was wondering when we were going to get to the elephant in the room here for I'm $7 gonna, million. I'm not going to avoid that question. It, it's, just, it's a doozy. But I'm not avoiding it. But I just wanted to see because tomorrow's the deadline. It's topical. So yeah, but, I had to bring uh, that up just because I thought you were you were asking me which minor leaguers would debut in the, in the show next year. I just totally spotted <laughs> that question. I was like, okay, we got to talk about Matt Boyd now. Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna lead in the Matt. That actually leads in the Matt Boyd question. But before we do that, Uber and Mark, what do you guys think besides Matt Boyd? Or if you want to say Matt Boyd, that's fine. But <laughs> I was. Half ready to say Matt Boyd, but I was actually thinking about Brian Garcia as well. Uh, I don't know if he showed enough uh, where they're going to keep him around. Although, I suppose relief pitchers have nine lives. So, maybe that's a bad one to call. But if if Garcia goes, that wouldn't shock me either, Youper. I think that's a solid call, especially with how well Foley and, and Lang threw at the end of the year. The question is, you don't cut guys until you have a good idea of what you want to you, you can cut them later when you add players through free agent signings, et cetera. So I'm not so sure that Garcia will get cut tomorrow, but he could definitely get cut soon as they add more attractive alternatives than him. But I, I think Garneau, you know, you, you have to decide between, you can't keep Griner and Garneau. I'd get rid of both of them, by the way. And, you know, that, that, then you have weird stuff like Del Pozo, guys that have shown a lot of AAA and, but are career 4A or less players, and they're just taking up space. I would say there's a good chance some – there's two catchers. Del Pozo would be another guy I would cut. I'm not a huge Zach Short guy. I don't ever think he'll hit. And I thought his defense – seemed entertaining at times but when you don't make routine when you don't turn routine outs into outs it's concerning especially to a manager like Hinch and I think Zach Short was not a super great fielder and you can check the data if you want but he looks like he is but the numbers don't necessarily bear it out yeah he also had a negative run save a defensive run save too and so let's talk about Matthew Boyd. Let's bring that elephant up in the room. 
as with the, new, with the recent signing, and he's due for a raise. He's arbitration eligible. I believe that's correct. Or yes, I think that yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with you, Dave. In terms of you, Matthew Boyd is a great teammate. Does a lot for the community. The the, the arm issue towards the end of the season brought up a few red flags. He had some stretches this year where he pitched really good, and then again the, the home run ball was an issue again, but. Do you see the, him compromising and making perhaps making a, a deal with, with the Tigers, or he's going to test the free agent waters? If it's me, I let him test those waters. Look, the consistency, whether it be injury or, or whatnot, to me it seems is an issue each and every year. And at some point, the, look, you're focusing on these young arms. You've got Rodriguez. I think I'd just move on. At this point, thank you for your service. You've been, a, as you say, a great teammate, a uh, great representative of, for the Detroit Tigers and the city of Detroit. But thanks, but good luck. All right, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I'm in the same boat there. I think that you would just say, hey, if you want to talk about maybe a two-year deal for combined as much as we're going to pay you. Because you just can't pay somebody seven plus million dollars if they're not going to pitch until July. If this isn't the heyday of Roger Clemens where he comes in and makes 15 starts for 15 million dollars. This is Matthew Boyd. He's a solid number four starter. And uh, yeah, let him go test the waters and say, we're open to signing you back, but go see what you can get. Seattle needs starters. He is from the area. So I could see possibly Seattle maybe checking and seeing if he wants to come home, possibly. But Brandon, what about you? Me? Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. I'd like to keep Matt Boyd for two years, $6 million total. There's not that many good left-handed arms out in the game. I'd like to be able to use him as a flex guy the way we've been using Tyler Alexander. I think we've seen Matt Boyd come out of the bullpen once or twice. The max velocity out of the bullpen for him is more like 95, 96 at times. He could be a deep, pretty useful left-handed reliever, but yeah, I'm not going to try really hard. If he if he doesn't want to give me a cheap two, three, yeah, I might even go three years if it's like we're talking three million a year. If that uh, helps make up his mind and he just is content to stay around and and see this thing through, that would be fine with me. But yeah, for the time being, I'm not going to push very hard. And yeah, if he wants to, if he can get a good contract and be signed up to start somewhere next year, uh, he should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, not- and. <laughs> I know we have some we're, we got some people on our YouTube chat that, that want to still believe he's part of the rotation or should stay around, and I can I can see that perhaps like again towards the back end of the rotation. Mark, you have the floor on this one. First of all, I think somewhere Matt Boyd, he, he, if he was eating dinner, he probably just got a huge pain in his side when he heard Brandon say he was going to get two million. It's going to get $6 million for two years. It was, he must, it was like he must wonder if he pulled an oblique or something. It was, <laughs> at two, oh, my at God, two. Poor, poor Matt. To be honest with you, Matt Boyd's not throwing a competitive inning here until the middle of July. So if he's staying here, I can promise you they're offering him a one-year, $3 million with some incentive type of deal, and it's going to be up to him whether he wants to take it or not. As far as... I don't. I find it highly unlikely they're going to offer him two years. And if you want to go by the data, and we've done all kinds of stuff about this, Brandon's written some things. You guys have Matt Boyd last last sixty starts. Fifteen of them are good. Forty five of them. Fifteen are good. 
15 are just horrendous and 30 are slightly below average. He's probably got an ERA over the last 60 starts of close to five. So what are you getting and how long are you waiting for it? It's year six. What do you, just because you know a guy and you've watched him throw an occasional good game, it doesn't mean he's good. And he had a great pitching coach last year, and they tweaked him a lot. He started out really well in the first month, and every time Matt Boyd starts out, what ends up happening by start 12, start 16, start 20? Yeah, that's the problem. We can't we can't get April and May Boyd this year and then trade him. <laughs> We've yeah. been the scheme. Everybody has promoted for about three years now. Like, just Good, trade him before right. the weather warms up. Right. When they had a chance to trade him, what happened? They asked for Fort Knox, and they seem to be stuck with a guy that they're willing to pay $3 million to pitch half a season with now, and no assets are dealt. The bottom line is, look, I – I find it highly unlikely he's getting more than a one-year deal, and I would not be shocked if he got a zero-year deal. And he's been a good soldier. We've had some terrible teams, and he's soaked up innings. Starting pitching, you need to get 800 to 900 innings from your starting pitching. Getting Eduardo Rodriguez, the biggest thing it does, it gets you 150 innings that, are pretty reliable if he stays healthy, which he's been pretty the last two full seasons, which are 2019 and 2021. He was pretty damn good. He was almost a four war pitcher in both years. As far as Matthew Boyd, it's been fun. He's a great guy. He's not a really good pitcher though. Uh, Trevor, what about you? And then I'll end it with you and then before we move on. Yeah, there's nothing too uh, different. I probably think let him walk. I think my only thought is thinking what, Will it happen? And I think that is how fast are times changing because there's been a lot of guys over the last few years who Tiger's Twitter, Tiger's fandom has called for their head. I, I can remember maybe what Kyle Funkhauser, Michael Fulmer at one point, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all over sure. the place. And now they have they have roles, they have use. So I think it's just how fast are times changing? How does the front office think? How long do they think they can hold on? I think you let him test the waters if he wants to test the waters. If they, he wants to stick around for the money that you can offer him, sure. It just, to, for the front office, how fast are they wanting to get competitive and how long of a leash can they give a guy like Matthew Boyd? Uber. Yeah, lots been said, but I'll say this. In, a, in the offseason where they're looking to, to hunt for pitching, uh, every dollar is probably going to count. Uh, they can save seven to eight million dollars and not offer him even anything to get him off the roster. That's probably a better bet for their money because when you think about it, let's say they do contend next year, and let's say he comes back in July, and which is a drawback in itself. He's not pitching until the middle of the season. In any scenario, down the stretch in September, as they're battling for the playoffs, or even if they get into the playoffs, where does Matt Boyd sit in the pecking order of who they want taking the ball? Really, not pretty far down. <laughs> so I think it's just time to move on. And, and again, he's been great. He's a good guy. But he can go be a good guy for the Nationals. Yeah. Like I said, I think the Mariners would be a good natural fit for him because he is very, really, I think he still lives during the offseason, I think, there. Right? Yeah, I, I think remember. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he still so, goes out the drive line sometimes. It's also a good fit because the Mariners starting pitching is always terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're at 
trust me, again, how they got close to the playoffs with that run differential last year, I'm still, it was one of the most amazing things I've seen in a long time. But so, yeah, wanted to change gears a little bit. And we have some questions, what have you. But before we move on, was there anything that perhaps I missed about the free agent talk? Because I have a bunch of topics here, but I'm just trying to sort through. Chris, am I missing anything? I don't know, folks. man. This week, the, all all of it was. I mean, we talked shortstop. We talked. I mean, oh, Korea, we we talked pitching. We talked. Uh, I don't Major know. Else League, gonna, maybe reliever. I don't know. I, I want to say though, I do applaud Major League Baseball today that brought down. I think it was or yesterday, I believe, that they're going to be paying for the minor leagues housing for now on. So minor league players are not responsible for up up and down or really bad leases. So. It's, yeah, they don't have to be on the lease anymore. I guess if the teams are gonna are going to sign all the leases and and control all that, which is yeah, which is pretty huge. Because just imagine what you were like at twenty in terms of finances, and then now you've got to move to another town and play baseball somewhere well, else. And, and this is baseball players on top of it, and you got to manage your lease and your sub lease and all that. Yeah, it was just I'm talking to players who had been promoted throughout the year, and they're saying, "Man, I have a lease here. I have a lease in yeah. Erie. I have a lease at, like in different towns because they had to." Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, you're Spencer Torkelson, you can get away with that. But when you're making $35,000 or something, yeah, not so much. Makes it even tougher. Yeah, well, yeah. AJ Cooper's tweet today from Baseball America where he said he's witnessed fights in locker rooms over guys not paying their share of the bills. Uh, oh, yeah. As they're sharing their utilities and so on. Just the disharmony that's created. <laughs> and there's some areas, too, where the cost of living has gone up. And so for a place, for example, I remember reading about Stockton, California, Things like that. That's just progress. And so I, I just I finally I think that the MLB are right there listening to the fans and they I don't think they could have took another year of there was a lot of heat on Major League Baseball, especially when the story came out about the Angels and there was just a lot of that. It was just very ugly. But uh, yeah, either way, I, I applaud baseball for doing the right thing. So but, but yeah, there's also the I wanted to <laughs> I want to ask you guys this the good idea or bad idea. I'll start with you, Dave. No Guard, one year, $21 million. Good idea, bad idea. I, look, it's still a lot of money, but it's a short-term risk-reward scenario. From that standpoint, I've got less issue with it. I'm just glad I don't own a baseball team. I mean, <laughs> You man, should want to own a baseball team. Yeah. True from the valuation, you're right. right. Absolutely. Look at the Tigers. Look at and across the board and all of pro sports. But I mean, in terms of actually making the decisions to pay, you yeah. know, some of these guys, the money that, that you're paying them, it's man, that's still, I, I know it's the price of admission and all, but man, that'd still be a tough thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how many millions you have. Yeah. Billions. Yeah. If you didn't right, get bro. those billions and billions by, by not counting them closely. Yeah. <laughs> right. You may have inherited them, I suppose, but so yeah. anyway, Short risk reward potential. So, you know, if he's healthy, right? That's yeah. the big question. It, it, who needs pitching more than the Angels, by the way? Uh, yeah. The team that only drafted pitchers in the most recent draft? You think they need pitching? <laughs> <laughs> it was a 21, dra- uh, 21 picks, all pitchers, right? Yeah. Oh, man, it's a, it's a crazy. Chris, what about you? Good idea, bad idea? It's fine. I think I was said in our private chat that it's, it feels very Angels. It feels like they're going to get about 80 innings of 5 ERA from Syndergaard this year, and then 2023 he's going to be good again. But they will have paid $21 million and given up a draft pick for one year of that. 
I, it's the first time I could ever remember somebody getting a one-year offer with a qualifying offer attached. Like, it's really odd. It was but, odd, yeah. But when he's healthy, he's among the best arms in the game, really. So it's worth a risk, I guess. It just felt like if you're going to do it, you might as well do it for a couple of years or at least get some options in there. Yeah, I don't like that part of it. If you're going to, if you're going to try to pick him up, you would think you would want to believe in it long term. But, but the Angels are just desperate. And the Angels run if Mike Illich didn't have a good GM. That's pretty much how it's run there. I still don't really understand how you go and sign Anthony Rendon for that kind of money and you have no pitching staff. They like those big ticket items of the, and the stars. They need a lot They need a lot more, but yeah, they needed to go try to take a risk on a guy who might, if things go really well, be a low three ERA guy for them this year and, and give them someone else to, to rally around in the pitching staff. But those are big risks. And that's we've had this conversation between all of us plenty of times about whether or not it was it makes more sense to draft pitching and develop your own pitching or whether that's where you should spend your free agent dollars. And I always come down with, I'm perfectly happy developing my own pitching because, you know, putting those big dollars down on the riskiest assets in the game always scares me. But from their perspective, they had to do it. And at least it's only one year. It's a short thing. They have the money. And um, I'd like to see Joey Otani and Mike Trout in the postseason. I'm to the point where I'm rooting for them really hard because it's just depressing watching how things go down there every year. There's always a great story and nothing else around it. So, yeah, I hope it works out for him. So I got a question for you guys. All right. Who gave up the most runs in the National League in 2019? Team, pitcher, pitcher who? Pitcher. 2019. Robbie Ray? Mm, Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, yeah. Mm. So, guy hasn't thrown a baseball in two years. Really struggled to come back from... TJ last year, and you're giving him 21 million. So I, I would say, personally, if I was doing roster construction, not real high on my list. However, I'll ask you a different way. If I would have told you that I gave Noah Syndergaard 16 million dollars instead of 21 million dollars, what would you have thought of the idea? I think I mean, it's the same way. You're still you're still taking that risk on that one big guy. The five million isn't. If I'm putting myself in Artie Moreno's shoes, yeah, that $5 million isn't terribly relevant. Although yeah, they do need a lot of depth, as you suggest. They should be applying the depth everywhere as well. It's all how you color in the lines. But look, Syndergaard is a vexing pitcher. He throws 100. He's had one. He's actually had two really good years. But it's he has not stayed very healthy, and it's a lot of money. But it's already Moreno's money, and I can't think of anybody who I, in baseball, who deserves worse luck than Artie Moreno. He's just the worst <laughs> human being ever. Okay, so, I mean, what's, the, what's the old adage? There's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Weird yeah. doesn't mean bad. It's weird all around, I'm sure. But weird doesn't mean bad necessarily. So, you know, you should have spent that money on a great pitching coach because that's just one of those organizations go. that just does not ever seem to put it all together from the pitching side and coordinating that with their defense, their catching. They've got Joe Madden there, who's supposed to be good at this sort of thing, and I haven't seen. Joe Madden's really not. He's really even not the Cubs that good at really, it. Yeah, even the Cubs didn't really, you know, work great along those lines. They had a good catcher. They had two good catchers, and David Ross and young Mister Contreras at the time, and that wasn't a, a dominating pitching staff, and they made it work. But, but yeah, I haven't seen any signs of it in, in L.A. They just seem to be doing their usual. Okay, we're just going to pick up a bunch of guys and hope this time they don't all get hurt. <laughs> and look, Billy Epler is not 
he's he has a lot of pedigree. He learned a lot. Billy Epler's that yeah. dumb, and no. he he struggled there. And let me say that I, I only am allowed to say nice things about Perry Manashian because he's a relative of my daughter-in-law, and he has a lot of pedigree. Also, by the way, Toronto is a really shrewd front office, and Perry spent a lot of time there. And it, it it's not a coincidence that. Moreno hires smart people and the disaster just continues for them because you have the Willie Mays of his era, if not better, and and they can they can't even play five hundred baseball. It, it's it's a shame. Yeah. They have that same thing that I always say about the White Sox where there's just some underlying rot there that you have to think goes to ownership that where that, that team just never quite puts it together the way the talent level on paper says they should. You mean hiring a 77-year-old alcoholic instead yeah, of A.J. I mean, Hinch? Obviously that, but, you know, I mean, that was just like the most, like, obvious yeah, manifestation of the whole problem <laughs> all along. You go back to just some of that nonsense with Chris Sale cutting up the jerseys and, like, making weird controversies out of Adam LaRoche having his kid. And Ozzie, how about the Ozzie Guillen era after yeah. they won? They I mean, just shoot themselves is... in the foot over and over again, and it looks like, oh, this team should be, should be a threat. So, yeah, the, the Angels have a lot of the same vibe. But without Luis Robert and <laughs> Eli Jimenez and Michael Kopech mm-hmm. and I, I, I hesitate to mention this, but there's a, a certain franchise in Detroit that knows a thing or two yeah. about having generational players and doing nothing with them. Yeah. Uh, and it does, If it, at a certain point, after decades and decades, you wonder what, there's got to be some sort of underlying issue. This isn't just bad luck. So, yeah, yeah the decisions are always uh, questionable there. <laughs> I don't know. You, did you have anything to Ryan say on, on Syndergaard? Own category, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even go there. But yeah. yeah, well, I think the thing on Syndergaard was they waited, they waited to sign that deal until he passed the physical. He was going to take. He didn't turn down the qualifying offer, so he was always guaranteed the 18.4. Right. Um, I no think doubt. That, I think that with 21 million for him for one year, I don't mind the, the total so much for one year. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. How they didn't get an option for a second year put on to that very yeah. surprised uh, because at least then you'd have a 50 50 chance of getting one good year out of them in either season and i know this the, the draft pick isn't the end of the world but to give up the draft pick for one lousy year of an injury prone guy was pretty questionable i wonder if they'll need them to trade us um brandon marsh for say matt boyd <laughs> Yeah, I would say <laughs> Brandon Marsh. But yeah, the young pitching is not there either. And yeah, giving up another pick is is definitely, it's, it has a cost. Without getting too... A lot of value with a pick at $2 million, and that doesn't yeah. seem like that much. But yeah, you're already taking a, a pretty big risk with Syndergaard there. And if, if it doesn't work out, you got, you're got you left with nothing next year. Are we going to questions? Are yeah, we can go to the questions. Okay. Yeah, we're lo- we're losing bodies. I don't know how long we have Dave for. I don't know. I, you, I know you have a job there. You're doing. Uh, I I do. I got about another ten minutes. All right. So we yeah we, we got a bunch of questions. People were excited about this episode. Oh, Sorry. all right, fantastic. Uh, but, yeah. No, I had uh, I just step away for a minute. But yeah, we'll okay. fly through these questions real quick. Stockton and... was on the bench for a second. We took him. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally it was just like as soon as I got home from work, I went right on here. So it's been a pretty long day. But I'll start with the at. Chris over at Alt Tiger nineteen seventy four on Twitter. Any other pre lockout moves? If so, what what do you think you could be? You guys continue the great work. Look forward to the show tonight. Thanks, Chris, for listening from Atlanta. Really one of our, one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows too as well. Answer that question, ready? Unless you guys want to add something. 
not really. I think the big, I think a couple big pieces are going to, are going to sign. And I think by and large teams are going to be in a rush with a flurry of signings next week. I, I do think there's actually going to be more traffic maybe than people expect, but. I, we've heard some insider chatter that there's going to be at least one more big name pitcher signing within the next few days. I, I don't know who it is, but it wouldn't shock me to see that. I think there are teams and players who want to get this done before the uncertainty of the labor deal. Yeah, I don't, looking at what's being discussed, I don't see so much in the in the CBA negotiations that are going to radically, you know, change things for teams to where you could really screw yourself by signing someone early and then the rules all change and now you've, you know, made some terrible error. It doesn't seem like things are going to be that different if they actually get a deal done because they're far enough apart where it's almost at a, well, let's just continue the status quo with a couple tweaks. It's probably going to, you know, be the ending resolution after however long they, they have to argue about it with each other. Yeah, I don't think teams are scared to sign people, and I think you're going to see, yeah, you're going to see a lot of aggression coming up next week. So I'm going to skip around the order of the questions. I like this question here from our longtime listeners, Nick Spilling at uh, Neek Spills 8. If the Tigers do go after a right-handed outfield to the mix with what's already on the roster, do you think they'll – what do you guys think of Tommy Pham? Better or worse options for what the Tigers think they'll be willing to spend on that area? Yeah, I looked. I saw that question today, so I did spend a little time digging into him. Obviously, for the last part of the uh, last decade, really good player. Right up through 2019, hit both uh, his platoon splits were great. But then he fell off the map in 2020 during the COVID year, which I give a mulligan to a lot of people. A lot of guys struggled that year. But he came back this year, and he wasn't very good again. And next question, I think, had him as a, a platoon guy with Badu. He didn't hit lefties very well. He pretty low average. He did still draw some walks, uh, a couple homers, but he's 34 years old. Maybe you think he's a, if he comes cheap, he's a bounce back guy, uh, but it would have to be pretty cheap. Yeah, he's not a very good defender anymore. But he's been battling macular degeneration for five years, you know, or, or longer now, which is just outrageous that he's managed to be as good as he had. But yeah, he's not a guy. He's not a guy at that age I, I think is going to bounce back. I think he's, he might be a big problem that turns into an absolute nothing for whoever picks him up. But he won't be expensive anyway. So just to add this, something you guys don't know, but Nick Spillane played with Nick Plummer. Really? At Brother Rice. He I sure did. Him. So I must have gone and seen him play it. He yeah. did. He sure did. Yeah. And, and Nick Spillane, pretty sharp baseball guy. Shout out to Nick. In... Yeah, shout out to CH Catholic High Schools there, right there, Nick. And Nick all knows full to the stupid three balls, two strikes rule. Yeah. I know you love it, Mark. I'm sorry. When I played in Catholic League, I or I didn't like it. So Yeah, Mark Gorosh, he'd be all in favor of them cutting the game to seven innings and getting it over in two two hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. But that's just a whole other podcast, okay? A couple things I'll bring up to you guys. First of all, my love for Chris Taylor in the chat a few times during the World Series and what a an absolute savage baller he was in the playoffs, to say the least. And if you want to spend $15 million, that's some money well spent because – he can play, you know, 50 games in center field as a right-hand platoon player. He can play second and short. He can do lots of stuff and uh, steals bases. He walks. He hits homers. Money spent to me, I, I, especially in the window you're going to have the next two, three years. I'm all on board with that. I did a little homework about right-hand hitters. 
and actually pretty decent defenders. And I did notice the WRC plus for my most personally hated player, Victor Reyes in 2021, 132 WRC plus against left-hand hitters. Derek Hill, 116. So if I know this, I can promise you that Jay Sartori knows it. So I'm not so sure they're going to be spending too much money on outfielders when they have two young $565,000 a year, reasonably decent, if not plus defenders who run fast, who seem to hit left-hand pitching pretty well. So the idea to develop your guys, you know, I'm, I'm just saying you got X amount of dollars to spend. You got two guys that hit left-hand pitching pretty well, and they cost $565,000. You, you want to go spend a bunch of money on other people. You've you got X amount of dollars to spend, and it's how you allocate it. Look, you want to get Chris Taylor, who's going to hit 25 homers. That's a different talk, all right, who plays four positions. But signing Michael Conforto for $18 million, it's not going to make any sense to me because you have other needs to spend $18 million on besides a left-hand hitter. You already have three left-handers starting in your outfield. So Riley Green is going to start in center field, people. He's going to be there on opening day, and I would say there's a really high likelihood he's the rookie of the year next year, but that's just my own personal opinion. But well, I love yes. me some Riley Green, but I don't love me some Riley Green necessarily in center field in Comerica. <laughs> but well, but it'll, they, it'll were, do. they were. They were. Listen, listen, you and I have our own debates late into the night, way too often. But they were a minus twenty-one defensive run saved in center field last year. So I think if I cut off Riley Green's foot, he'll probably be, right, be so. better than that. Yeah. So give that. I'll give you that. The answer, outfielders. Yeah, probably unlikely. So I wanted before Dave leaves. Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining us and, t- and talking Tigers, and yeah. look forward to seeing you once again down at the ballpark, asking the man on the street stuff. So that was I don't know if you remember me from last year, but I abs- absolutely do. Opening day, yeah, that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And again, yeah, go channel if you check Dave, out the news after this. It was I a true a lot honor. You did learn a lot that day. That's awesome. And. Hopefully we'll see you down there again this year, and uh, yeah, awesome. We'll be down, and it was uh, it was great fun. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. I follow you guys and and listen regularly, and we'll continue uh, to do so. Thanks so much. Thank you Thank so you, much. Dave. Dave. Dave, Have a good day, man. That's awesome. Hey, Dave. All right, so Abel oh, Wellen so- from. That's what a good awesome. human. Yeah. That was the newsman's uh, out here. Let's get to swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wait, let me bust up my shirt That was awesome. Yeah. What a good dude. The one thing I'll say, just to finish up on Tommy Pham, because I don't think I mentioned it, it wouldn't shock me at all if he doesn't get, if, if he's stuck with a minor league spring training invite. Yeah. You've got a 34 year old outfielder who can't play center field anymore, and it isn't a big power threat. That's, that's not what teams are looking for anymore. Yeah. Agreed. All we right. had a question. We had a question in there from <laughs> where Van go. If you had another sixty million to spend, who would you target? Chris John- Taylor. <laughs> We're talking sixty million right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you're going to get a shortstop, right? Every <laughs> you have thirty, thirty-five of that at, at Correa. Twenty-five to thirty-five is for a shortstop because if you're not yeah. signing Correa, you're signing Story or something like it. Yeah. I would. I mean. Oh, God. 
I'd let, I'm going to stock up some relievers too. Yeah. If we're going big, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pick up, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go after Brazil Iglesias necessarily, but yeah, try to pick I up would. relievers. I'm going to sign career story. And then, yeah, you're probably going to, you're probably going to allocate that toward another starting pitcher. I would actually, I would choose that money to go after John Gray, or if they make a Luis a trade for Luis Castillo, find a way to solidify him. Although that's far fetched because the minor league system. So again, I, I feel like a broken record, but I, I still think it lacks depth. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's hard to trade. I've tried because a lot of people, obviously the fan base has been slightly brainwashed into being very terrified of spending Chris Lynch's money. And so I've tried to look for all kinds of trade possibilities and stuff to solve some of these problems. But yeah, I'm not interested in, in Matt Manning or, or Dylan Dingler. And when you get past that, you don't have a whole lot unless you've got someone who wants, if you want to trade Roberto Campos or something or Christian Santana, and I'm just Willie Adama's the, the situation from there. I guess you could do that. But yeah, See, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not at the point of doing this right now. Like the payroll is yeah. really low for quite a while. This is the right time to just spend money. That's it. So I got a name, V, that trade. I think that they're willing to give away. They're not dumb anymore. So they may want something for real, which we may not have to give them. But I'll tell you a guy that's going to get dumped. But the line, yeah, somebody will give them something adequate but we should see if we can get in the mix is sunny gray oh yeah yeah that's that. a good idea that, yeah definitely and as far as before we do the next question i don't i've been seeing this a lot more so than normal maybe because i'm hyper focused to it but honestly i do not like the fact when i say when i see fans going we don't want to spend the money first of all there's no we <laughs> Sorry, there's no we. I, I'm sorry. That is one of those. I, every time even a writer does that, on, it was one thing I learned. If there's one thing I learned from Mike Moreland, shout out to Mike Moreland, who was a guy who started. I started with Sports Radio Detroit with many moons ago. Don't use the word we. And fans complain about, oh, I use we. Okay, fine. It's not your money, though. So quit pretending it's your money. And I understand why. Look at the Miguel Cabrera trade or deal. It's a legacy deal. And yeah. it's worth every penny of it. So... Enough. It's was not your money. Stop. Was 33. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know. It was also in. <laughs> listen, we can debate that, but it's also an 83 year old man. Yeah. Who didn't who did impulsive things? He wanted to give 150 million dollars to Chris Davis. He he did weird stuff when he didn't oh, have to. Yeah. But we we have guys. You have no idea the mess that would have gotten made if Al Avila was the GM instead of Dave Dombrowski in the days when the insane ideas of Mike Illich were getting tamped down that you don't know about. It, it, it Craziness would have ensued because Dombrowski would talk him out of things that were nutty. And yeah. So, I mean, you never know uh, how far those things went. Like, maybe he brought up, like, oh, maybe we should sign Chris Davis. It wasn't necessarily drawn out and Dave threw himself on it or, you know, mm-hmm. or what have you. No, or yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think using we happens. We're all fans, too. Sometimes you're going to say we, but definitely don't say we when you're talking about Chris Illich's money. Like, that's the last time that there's a we involved. spend $500 million doing casino things in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Don't worry about Chris Illich's money. Please. Yeah, one so I, I admittedly i have COVID right now and so i don't know if my brain is working fully functioning 100 and a lot of what's happened this week already is, is what a fever dream would be like for me i think <laughs> so like, maybe this is but as i was walking today i was like i wonder if the tigers could finagle craig kimbrell somehow 
like a three-team trade. Why would they, they want to, Chris? Answer me that. If they want, he's, a, he's still an elite lockdown closer. Is uh, he? I mean, he didn't function well as a setup man with the White Sox, but before that, he's 16 strikeouts per nine. If you want a reliever and you could figure out a way to get the White Sox need a second baseman or something like that, give me Isak Freddy's. Get him out of Chicago. We'll take Kimball for a year. I don't particularly care about the the bullpen that much right now, but I, I, a lot of people seem to be talking about it. So it's like, all right, go get the possibly the best closer available. I think the bullpen's the most important, best part of the A.J. Hinch Tigers right now. I think it's a primary part of how he wins games. And But I'm not spending $16 million on Craig Kimbrough, but if you want to add another power reliever, I'm all in on it. I, I discussed this last night with Cody. I'm a Big believer about spending $5 million on Brooks Raley, though. I'm all in on that. So uh, the next question we have is a lineup of Torque, Green, Candy, and the shortstop, we get enough to challenge in 2023. Do we need to replace Grossman with another free agent? Kambadu hit enough to be useful here. Do we let Mickey go after 2022, add a plus hitter, and protect against injury or lack of production by others? That's a big question, Michael Meyer, at Kaiser343. Kaiser. Yeah. A lot to chew on there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess I'll lead off by saying I don't think that lineup is enough. Even unless Torque and Green just come out and are both pulling a Simeon and Guerrero, both putting up like six win seasons. Guerrero. Um, Guerrero. Yeah. You need a little bit more. It doesn't necessarily have to be all star level players, but you need some more talent around the field. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that you need, um, you know, you necessarily need like another, yeah, big bat in there. You'd like one. I like candy more more than some do, but there's also the question of what happens when he's making fifteen million dollars in, in two seasons potentially. Um, there's going to be some challenges when you get past this kind of scope, Grossman, Candelario backup group or, or sort of veteran core. So th- there's going to be problems there, but I, this team for right now is going to be based around pitching. And I, I don't know if anybody's brought this up yet, but we're all pretty much in agreement that there's going to be like seven teams from each league making the playoffs going forward, I assume. And for now, you, I just want to get in the tournament. When you get past Miggy's money, then maybe you start, you reevaluate where you're at and start thinking about possibly coming up with another big bat somewhere or making a trade, something along those lines. But yeah, I just want to get the shortstop, you know build in some depth right now and see how things play out this year before I start, you know, like adding more on and signing another 15, $20 million player. None of us knows where Chris, Chris Illich's ceiling is at, but I don't really want to be too close to it. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of change that comes up. And we also have to look at, we have probably a lot more faith, I assume, than, uh, than we used to in the managerial uh, guy we've you got think? a hand here in the coaching staff. I look to them to solve some of these problems with, with smaller pieces and, and bring some people along. And if the development staff is better, which, I mean, they have to be better, but if they're good, hopefully they find something and, and can develop it. Like you said earlier, you know, like Brian Packard did nothing this year, unfortunately. Um, Austin Merce, these guys are an A-ball. There, there really isn't much. Like maybe Kreidler takes another step, gets better against right-handers and, and is right up in our face next year doing really well. That would be cool. Cody Clemens, we're, we're not we're not expecting much out of, out of anybody else who's above above the A-ball levels right now. So I know we don't have a lot of help coming, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to find some smaller pieces that can help too. It's not just going to be signing another big guy every year. I think going back to the question a little bit, where did the Tigers rank in home runs this year? It was like 13th in the American league. Correct. Yeah. It's still a home run driven league. And you go across the outfield 
we don't know what Riley Green will be in the first couple of years of his career. Hopefully at, down the road, he's a 2025 homer guy. But they needed to find some power for the outfield and something more than Robbie Grossman. And again, he's 23, and that's fantastic. But to me, that's an outlier of his career. After this year, he'll be gone, most likely. So the question talked about 2023. I think that's where they got to add some power, probably a left fielder or something like that. You can usually find some big thumper who plays left field. Uh, I would hope that's something that's in their mind. Unless uh, Hinch wants to go 1980s Cardinals, <laughs> which I don't do. I think they got a Herzog ball. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, think hey, go, trade, ball, go trade for Matt Olson, you know, if, if you want to, and uh, throw him in the corner. I mean, yeah, you need to. It'll probably be ugly there, but that's a heck of a bat. But again, we're I talking think, about giving up a big piece. You get him. Yeah, the 2023 outfielders, I think, are uh, Gallo and yeah. Judge and Buxton. <laughs> Not n- Nobody super safe. I mean, there's some good players, but. Yeah, yeah. There's no, like, easy button there. There's yeah. going to be a lot of competition for a couple of those guys. How about the Japanese guy who's posting next week? Suzuki? Is that yeah. his name? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, uh, don't, yeah. I don't know. All right, All right. so I, I got a question. It, it right. kind of centers around what we were just discussing. So why don't we discuss what you think the lineup is going to be, including free agents that you sign. <clears throat> On opening day this next coming year, I could have thrown out a question. Would you trade? Would you make a deal to get Frankie Montas and Olsen if you had to put Spencer Torkelson in the deal? But we can get come back to that later. Tell, tell me what you think yeah. the opening day lineup will be next year. Just give, give me your – forget the pitching for a second. Give me your DH and your position players. Wait, who? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever playing first, who, who, who's playing second? Who, yeah. Tell me what you think it's going to be. Yeah, who's on first? Yeah, who's on second? <laughs> um, All right, I'll, I'll go first if you want. Um, yeah. I think I, I'm pretty much where you are with Riley. Like, I think it's going to be very hard to keep. I just think Riley's going to show out probably in the spring, and they're going to have a hard time keeping him down. Maybe it'll, maybe they'll screw around with them. Maybe they won't. But I'm going to put I'm going to put Riley in there, and in, in probably. Oh God, I hate putting him in center field though. You have to. The it'll be faster and it'll be simpler. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going Grossman first. I'm gonna go Riley. I'm going to go Carlos Correa, and then I am probably going to go Torkelson, Candelario, Cabrera, Barnhart, something along those lines. Scope obviously in there. Yeah, something like that. But that's who, that's who we all think are going to be in the the top four or five. You can, and you're going to juggle it. Sometimes you're going to have Badu lead off against right-handers and when he's not maybe lead off with Riley they had Riley lead off um, everywhere he was at in the minor leagues this year although he doesn't necessarily strike me as a leadoff hitter type but neither did George Springer and they've made that work various places you're going to toy with it obviously this is AJ Hinch we're not going to have we're not going to have a set lineup that he just runs out there against whoever it is but uh, yeah you're going to go with those guys you're going to try to mix Miggy as far back as you can without really irritating him and something along those lines. And then you're going to have, yeah, when Derek Hill's in there, Derek Hill's going to be ninth. You're going to have Barnhart back there or Haas hitting eighth or ninth. All right, Chris, what about you? I'll go last. Yeah, you know, this is something I haven't even thought about, honestly. But, yeah, I would probably – I don't think we're going to get both Torkelson and Green in the opening day lineup. 
maybe they, uh, you know it, it's just by luck of the draw or whatever somebody's gonna or we'll try to open another can or something like that and, and things will go wrong but yeah yeah i would assume it'll be like badu grossman whoever they sign probably correa or story or somebody like that bet in third followed by either candelario or maybe cabrera still gets to bat clean up and then those two and then you got scope and hell i don't know i don't know who's playing where I haven't. I honestly have not thought about it yet. Well, I think, All right. What do you got, oh, go ahead, Raj? Uber. Go ahead. Uber. I think whichever shortstop they sign, they're all pretty much a candidate to bat third or fourth. Semyon, for instance, he's obviously, uh, whether it's him or Correa, they're batting uh, third or fourth. But a lot depends, too, here on the CBA. Most people seem to think that the service time thing goes away, but there's no guarantee of that. If it does not go away or it, it survives in some fashion, I'm always the person I play the I would play the service time game. And I know a lot of fans hate it. I think it's unfair. A lot of journalists hate it. And it is unfair. But if it's the rule, then Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are not on my opening day roster. If I gotta keep them down in the minors for ten or twelve days, that's what I'm doing. So that changes the opening day lineup quite a bit. If that goes away and they earn it, then boom, they're in the lineup and off we go. As far as this lineup, I'm going to go, this is what I'm going to go with starting day, opening day, or starting day, opening lineup. So I've come to the conclusion about something, and it'll come up here in just a second. So batting leadoff would be perhaps a cue ball do, batting second. And this is where I'm struggling with, but I think batting second would be somebody along the lines of maybe uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, a. I don't know who I bat second. For now, I put Robbie Grossman batting second, batting third. I, I love Grossman there because he's such a pain yeah. in the butt. You know, he's just not going to chase at anything. He's not going to chase. He's going to make you throw it in there, and and he's either going to hit it in the air or he's going to walk. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, saying. and I, no, and he, yeah, and he can draw good contact. He could potentially like for batting third would be somebody like perhaps. I think this is where I think. I had a struggle with, but I went back and forth about it. But I think you put, if Cabrera takes it, him batting third, batting fourth is Carlos Correa. I've, I've come around the fact that there's some smoke, there's some, a lot of smoke today that kind of made me come to that conclusion that he probably could possibly come here. So I'm on record now. Number, batting fifth, if Candelario is still here, Candelario, again, the, there could be a possibility that he could be moved. But then again, I don't think so. I think he'll, stay, he'll end up staying here. Batting six. I think you go with somebody along the lines of. So see here, I, I, I'm trying to think of. I'm missing the outfielder. So. You still think scope, right? Get yeah, go, scope. Yeah. Batting seventh is going to be perhaps who's we bet who's trying to think. Of, I was trying to think of the outfield right now off the top of my head. That could be that could be a Riley Green spot, dude. You know. Yeah, I think Riley Green makes the team out of spring. I think to me, really. Manipulation time be damned. I think he has a good chance. So batting seven, put Riley Green, give him a little less pressure to deal with. Batting eighth, you're gonna have along the likes of let's see here. Bobby Gar or the Tucker Bernhardt, batting eighth and batting ninth. I cover shortstop. Who's my so shortstop third base? We uh a second baseman, I guess, if you got show, scope playing first in Cabrera DH and so second you gotta, baseman, you said? Yeah. Harold. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, you'll more you San- you- well, Sanchez. Yeah, or, or maybe if the Tigers go after this guy, uh, you'll more Sanchez. There you go. 
Oh, yeah. It's really hard to do right now because, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. We don't know if Torkelson and Green will, will be there um, right away. And if they're not, that I mean, that radically changes things. But you're, you're basically looking at the same lineup this year with whatever shortstop inserted in there. One thing I would say, one thing that's interesting about thinking Correa versus Story. Story, one of the things you like best about him is he's probably going to steal you 20, 25 bags a year. But if he's your, your three or your four hitter, uh, because he's your most dangerous hitter in the lineup, that might negate some of that value. But they're going to have to play with that depending on which one they get. I'm 100% convinced they're signing Correa now after everything we've seen today, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you think? But it still could be Story. And yeah, Story's a little bit different type of player. He doesn't make as much contact. He's more of a free swinger than Correa is. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of changes it. You might want Story more like the, the, the two-hitter where sometimes he's going to drive the leadoff hitter in with a home run, or other times he's going to function as the leadoff hitter and hopefully get on base and run amok out there, or at least be a problem for, for pitchers on the mound. What happened to Trevor? <laughs> oh, yeah, he had, a, he had a sign off. Oh. Yeah, he's got to go to bed. All right, I'll give, uh, I'll give a fast lineup. I'm not nearly as shrewd as you guys from predicting the batting order. I don't think A.J. Hinch can predict the batting order yet. You got Barnhart's going to catch. Platoon with Haas. I think Torkelson starting the year at first base. Shoop at second. Free agent shortstop. Please come here, Carlos. It's short. <laughs> Andalario at third. And I think you got an all left hand hitting outfield with a bunch of platoon pieces fitting in from time to time. You got Badu, Green, and Grossman across the outfield. And I think that you're between Haas, Hill, and Reyes. You have three right-hand hitting backup outfield pieces. If you want to sign Chris Taylor, I'm loving that idea. You guys know I'm loving that idea. My my answer to you is one of the biggest reasons why I also think Torkelson will be the starting first baseman to start the year is because you have so many left-hand hitters that you need some right-hand hitters. And, God knows Miguel is very old now, and he's only going to play like 45 games at first base. Somebody's got to play first base, and unless Isaac Paredes is playing a lot of second base, and we had this talk last night, Isaac Paredes is both frustrating and tantalizing as can be because, B, you missed it last night. Here's the weird question about Isaac Paredes. If I would have told you a year and a half ago – Man, Isaac Paredes, defensively, way better than we thought. How about how good at second base? Much better than we thought. Yet, a conundrum at the plate. You see a lot of good stuff. I told you, I said this last night. He's 50 feet away from hitting five more homers. He hit about eight foul balls, six feet fouled on the left field line, and four of them were caught at the wall. It's... Paredes is a he's a vexing player. He's yeah, I wish I'd, we'd traded him for something useful in 2019. And and I have tweeted this many I times. Begged them. I begged them to do this. My I have some trade pieces that I'd like to pursue, and I try to do it in the roundtable every year. I've had such notable players that I've really wished for as Jose Martinez and Travis Shaw multiple times. But yeah. how'd those work out? But Tyler well, that, Glass now? That kind of brings up another thing about not chasing some of these guys. Because, yeah, whenever I hear someone who we wanted before everyone knew they were good, 
nope, we can't do that anymore. We, we can't sign Willie Peralta now. We're the team that finds the next Willie Peralta, and then someone else will pays for him. Like, we've got to be, yeah. be on that side of it. And I want to come, let's come back to that in a second, because I want to bring this up. It's right in your wheelhouse. I, I think that there, there are, being a shrewd team now, if you want to waste $6 million, trade Sock Paredes to Tampa Bay for Tyler Glass now, even though he's going to only be able to pitch probably in September. But that'd be a good piece to be bringing out of the bullpen if you're going to go into the playoffs, huh? Tampa's really going to have to swallow hard to pay Tyler Glass now $6 million to do nothing this year. It's just not in their DNA. Yeah. So you want to do something shrewd, you're going to pick, you're only going to get them for really a year in a September, but I'd be willing to make a, a deal like that. And I think we talked about a guy last night. It's probably a Brandon Day kind of player, which is Paul DeYoung. There's, there's a utility guy that can hit the ball out of the park and do a bunch of stuff that was just horrible last year, but was not very horrible for the three or four years before that. So yeah. we, we did get a listener uh, question in YouTube in our chat in, from Scott Upham, and I really like this question. What are your options if the Tigers don't sign a top five free agent shortstop? And, and Scott goes on to mention the teams that need shortstops like the Angels, Astros, Cubs, Dodgers, Rangers, Red Sox, Twins, Yankees, Phillies, all need shortstops. And I was thinking along the trade line routes, if Paredes could be dangled for a shortstop or, but again, I, if they don't get the top five, I don't know if they could, what they could catch for Paredes, but I'll start with you, Chris. I did. I wrote, first of all, I guess if they can't get one of these top five shortstops, they probably need to get a new front office. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it was supposed to be this big surplus. Of yes. You know, where, where was that? Like, but, uh, I, I just, love that answer. It's a lot of, because a lot of for real, like, in most off seasons, Javier Baez would be the prize shortstop, and he's the fifth option here, maybe the sixth, depending <laughs> on if you like Taylor's a shortstop. This yeah. is for a team that definitely needs a shortstop. If, if they can't come out of this with one of those guys, they've really screwed the pooch. Um, I actually wrote a piece. I said looking at trade options for if they don't get one of these guys, and it was the, the options were awful. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was trying to be creative. Paul DeYoung was one of them, but then the other ones were like Miguel Rojas from Miami. I had. Yeah. Kevin Newman from Pittsburgh, like a bunch of basically guys who are equivalent to Nico Goodrum. Yeah. How about this? Or, or you have to pay, or you're going to pay big for Willie Adamas. You're going to, that's the only other thing I can think of is that the Brewers Imagine like, Willie Adams. Think like, yeah, we can move Luis, you know, or Reyes over to shortstop. I had a second base bat and we don't want to pay Adamas, you know, what he's going to make his final year arbitration. But yeah, I don't know. That feels like chasing. You're going to chase pretty hard there. And the Brewers are pretty smart. Whoever, whatever pitcher they they insist on in a deal like that, you're gonna you're gonna end up regretting probably. You don't want the 45th best shortstop in baseball, Jose Iglesias, to come back or no? Yeah. Oh my God! Right, somebody, is gonna, somebody is gonna pay Javi Baez a very bad contract this offseason because there's nothing left at the end. I, I just had that feeling. Hopefully, his representatives are just like, nope, we're gonna let everybody else sign, and everybody's gonna come run and scream into your door, and then Steve's gonna turn around and he's, just be like, actually, all right, here's another big check. But I'm saying he's a pretty good player, man. He is. He's you can go to Philly. I can see him going to Philly. I could see that. Yeah, going to you Philly can... because Philly might be – you mentioned this, Mark, yesterday. And it even occurred to me about giving a big contract to Korea, but they already have so many big contracts on the books. And if Baez doesn't want to, wants to preferably stay on the East Coast, 
or whatever the case may be, I think he would be a perfect fit for Philadelphia. He could be more of a star there and, and give them solidified defense last year. And he's a good defensive upgrade. But in terms of, yeah, you're right, the market, Chris, as you mentioned, it is awful. And they have to get this right. And uh, it's even the one thing that I noticed about some of the shortstop trade possibilities, too, is they cannot give away. We've talked about this. This is the end of the night. They can't give away prospects they don't have. And I know there's, and, and Avila has talked about this, where he has mentioned that he doesn't want to give a lot of you know prospects away for that. So I one they've only given up is Nick Quintana, and are we losing anything? No. Is Avila I mean, still not, the general not manager? Crass, no? <laughs> El Avila's is not the one having lunch with. Hey, you know, yeah. I didn't want to say that. Ooh, well, I ooh. did want to say it, but I Scott brings up some good it. names there. But, ooh, I like these names. AJ's running the show. That's 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 the way it is now. But I, yeah, I mean, I this is it, why you know you, everybody wants to big brain some amazing idea where we get a good shortstop and the cost isn't very expensive. There are just certain times in baseball if you're actually you know giving a damn about winning when you just have to go get your guy, and if it costs you more than it should, if you have to sign into one long term deal that you're going to hate and 2029 assuming i'm still around you just have to do it sometimes and that's that's the problem you, you have to come away with a good shortstop this offseason and that puts you in just a, a weird position where you may have to overpay that's just the way the market goes sometimes um, the tigers were smart didn't tucker bernhardt because there wasn't another good defender that you could put back there to catch 120 games with I mean, this that's staff they, and the way this pitching the way these pitching coaches are going to work and to have a left-handed bat Tucker Barnhart isn't necessarily that valuable a player, but to the Tigers, he was extremely valuable, and they went right ahead and got him. And, and they paid two or I mean, three I million. I think they're going to do the same thing here and, and make it happen one way or the other, but there's no guarantee. Yes. <clears throat> I think they'll get one of them. I, I think there's no question. I think you're right. They'll overpay for one, they, even if they get desperate and take the last one. But going back to Scott's question, if they did strike out on all of them, I think whoever your best starter left – outside of Max Scherzer, you go after him. Then I think you could look at a Rysel Iglesias for the bullpen. I love that pitcher. And then Starling Marte, who I know yeah. I talk about all the time, that comes into play then. Because who yeah. cares where you get the offense? If you get the offense in the outfield and you're not getting a shortstop, that's not the end of the world. So if, if they did strike out completely on the shortstops, I think that's what I would like to do. Yeah, another we'll big pitcher and another we'll big recreate him in aggregate, as uh, Billy Bean says in Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I was going to say, Uper, if, okay, if, they get, if, the, if the Tigers get Sterling Marte, I'll buy you a Tigers jersey for your son, or a, a Marte jersey for your son. He's right? got, if that happens. He needs some more. Yeah. Pardon me? <laughs> he needs some more. He does need some more. He's got a great jersey collection as it stands, but I will buy him myself personally if that happens because huh? I would be even astonished by that, but uh, let's see here. We have one more question, and we're going to wrap it up here. And that was the these kind of questions. These well, actually, we answered this question earlier. Of course, our friend Deadly Ninja Bees on Twitter. He says, "Is a Rod signing me that Boyd is expendable now? That would be a lot of lefty starters." And this question we didn't answer. Should the Tigers look to improve their arm barn through free agency? <laughs> their what? I like that. I like that. The arm, arm barn. Arm barn. They said the bullpen. Oh, that's the was bullpen. That? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we've answered both I would, questions. I already have a list from Chris Better of give me 10 guys that no one is thinking about that you would like to work with. Yeah. And uh, I'd be oh, nice. guys cheap for sure. Yeah. 
so this uh, this question from Michael Siffer at Mike or Siffer Michael, who has a cool University of Toledo flag. My question for the pod: Comerica Park fences beat Justin <laughs> Tiger Stadium's dimensions, five feet each line out by four hundred twenty wall. Now that Miguel has five hundred. And Lennon's been approached by Chris Hillage to lead a charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the question. Assuming Lennon was going to be out here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and then the follow-up is. Yeah. The, the follow-up is: Can we replace the fountain with bleachers, retractable canopy to shield the sun for day games over some seats? I actually like that idea because I think it's really that, hot out there. The fountain is the most useless feature in the entire stadium. It like it only goes off when something good happens. They could just get a guy with a hose. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna have a fountain, have it going the whole time. Yeah. And then Tiger Miley Tracker is uh, key, and of course, is there any chance the Tigers will ever sign Verlander, Scherzer, Cassianos, Iglesias, Suarez, McCann, and also pull Placido Blanco out of retirement? And the reason why I put the Rick Porcello thing up earlier, well, I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Yeah. To me, is where is Rick Porcello? Is he's, he off on a boat somewhere? Just yeah, he's fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's and gone so, fishing for good. Uh, Here's what I want to do at the stadium. I want to tear down Comerica Park now that we have netting everywhere around the backstop, and I want to build a park where you are right on top of the the action once again. That's what I want to go back to. I don't care about whatever. They can put a train. They can put Joe Biden going around in circles in a (laughs) hummer on a track. I don't care. But yeah, I want to. I want to move us back in closer to the action again. Now that we. Now that we're all yeah uh, headed off anyway. All right, and then yeah, that was. Random. Yeah. Thanks for the opening to just yell that. Oh, no. God. oh man. And so yeah, the last question we have were Vango. If it came down to thirty-five million ten years for Korea and thirty for six to eight for the field, what is your choice? <clears throat> I would probably I don't know, it depends on the field. Like the field isn't all the same. Would I do thirty for six for I do that for Seeger and Story and Simeon, possibly? Because I feel like no matter who you're signing, it's those first six years where you're going to get the most production. Yeah. And, and I feel it might be close enough that it, you're not getting a huge you know, benefit for signing Correa. But I don't know. Just go out and get Correa. Like, just get Correa. Have, have, have it, yeah, have it be your pudge. It's the, the pudge moment, right? The just go out and show everyone. Since he was 21. Excuse me. <laughs> he's got yeah, experience. No. He knows what he's doing. You got to win the Korean war here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just get him. Show just, baseball that you're coming I, back. I just wanted to share that Rick Porcello made one hundred and twenty million one hundred and forty four thousand seven hundred and four dollars in his career. So wherever he is, he's just got a big smile on his face, and he's probably in a nice house. Yeah. So my sister still has a crush on him. Yeah, this guy's living living large, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. He's he old. He's thirty. He's thirty one still. Yeah, that's only thirty one. Wow. Dude. Yeah, he could come that? back. He could pitch another ten years if he wanted to. But I, I would say he comes back and he probably takes. How much money do you think they'll pay Rick Porcello to pitch this year? Someone signed. So how much are they paying him? Oh, man, eight million, ten million. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, he could get two, maybe even two years, eight to ten million. If, if I want to tell you, if you if you people <clears throat> could see, first of all, Chris got a haircut and he looks. <laughs> So handsome. It's oh, amazing well. how good he looks. And he's just had so many gem statements tonight. It's like the COVID clear <laughs> him out or something. No, no. It's, 
But, well, uh, you, I remember wanting Porcello last year because he was a guy like Rodriguez who put up really the, the surface level stats were really ugly, but under the hood, it looked okay. One thing just, you can count yeah. on Rick Porcello for is he's going to make 32 starts and he's going to pitch 175 innings. So it's the worst guys you could spend some money on than Rick Porcello. It's, but yeah, I just, I think it's you forget that. <laughs> How about Rick Jake Porcello? Junis, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big Jake. Fan. Well, I'm not. Either, but that's a guy gonna... I would like to just stick with better and, and expect that he would be better. But yeah, I'm, I'm already. I'm just thinking bargain bin because I'm not. I'm, I don't want to pay Anthony Discafani now. I wanted to pay him. I would rather pay Willie Peralta four million dollars than do yeah. Jacob Junis. I like John Gray. I wrote up John Gray too. I do like yeah. him. I don't know if there's that much more meat on the bone there. I think it is the question, but there's some. <laughs> Yeah, there is. There's a lot of options, and again, uh, hopefully, everything gets wrapped up. So this, by the way, is our final show until a signing happens. So we're gonna take Thanksgiving off. But for example, if they sign Tigers, sign Carlos Correa tomorrow, if if that would be the case, we come out here real quick and do a show. But again, I hope not because I really, to be honest with you, folks, I think it's uh, long overdue. We get a nice little break for a couple weeks and uh, get back in charge. And again, if there's no if there's no baseball in December might get best of you actually people here on youtube we're getting more inter- audience interaction for our, our patreon subscribers for anybody on youtube if there's no baseball in december and the cba is totally locked up everything what would you like us to talk about if you still want us to do a show every week every two weeks let us know the feedback the better honestly right now i just want to enjoy thanksgiving with my family and i know everybody does we've done a lot with there's some cryler crying yeah Ryan Kreider video coming out here in a couple days. We still have to do Chris about that. So we're going to do Erie and then Toledo to end it out. But thank you for everybody who participated tonight. Again, once again, thank you again to Pros Pro, David Llewellyn of Channel 7 yeah. of Detroit. We have a lot of people out of state, and that cool. he was the man. He was awesome, and I, it was just weird to see somebody that grew up with him. And what's funny is I remember Don Shane's stunts. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember. I think we were a Channel 4 household growing up, actually. Oh, really? I, I think that was a Bernie, Bernie Smilovitz. Yeah. I, I, I was teasing Raj, but I remember Davey Lou when he used to be working, doing a sports call-in show when there were no sports call-in shows on WJR in, like, 1982. Oh, wow. Okay? Wow. Davey Lou was – Davey Lou has got a long, great <laughs> history as a sports guy. really does. I, it, it's pretty amazing – what a great transition he's made, but he was a hell of a good sports guy. Yeah. yeah. I just appreciate him sitting, sitting there playing. Yeah. He looked, he was the sharpest dressed host we've ever, or guest we've ever had. And he brought fire tonight. He didn't hold back on anything. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So again, thanks for everybody so much. We appreciate it, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to Jake, Thank Christopher. Thanks, Chris, thanks Jake. so much, you guys. Thanks, Trevor. Chris. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> I like this. I like yeah, this I right here by Warvego. Chris looks presentable, spectacular. <laughs> is, is, I know, it, it's like, is that Keenan? No, 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 no. That's Warvego. Yeah. Oh. No, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. the hair. I don't know. <laughs> I more, why not tenacious? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's a high ceiling. Oh. So I don't know. But uh, Uper, okay. thanks again for coming on and, and helping us out this year. And uh, we really appreciate it. Plan on tomorrow. Okay, if this is the case, then until something big happens, we'll see you next time. Have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. 
and we'll talk to you again soon. Good night, boys.